Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. Draft your team with no in-season management. Get the optimal score each week of the season and have a shot at over $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store, sign up with promo code FSE, and Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with promo code FSE and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you with Dynasty Decisions episode 45. As you guys know, on this channel, what we do on Dynasty Decisions is take your questions, take your, am I contending, am I rebuilding, look at your teams, talk about the trades that you've made, the direction your team is going, all that kind of stuff will be included in this video. So if you guys want to be a part of future Dynasty Decisions episodes, you guys should probably know the drill by now. Our patrons get first priority. After our patrons, you can reach out to us on Twitter and Discord, and we'll get you in the queue. Number of teams um, still in the queue. Uh, We're going to have a double header coming at you tomorrow as well but with that being said danny how you doing doing well and yeah getting ready to record another episode of dynasty decisions we're planning to do a double header this weekend a ton of submissions as we've kind of talked about in recent videos and a ton of people in the queue we're ready to get to work roll up the sleeves and get through your guys teams trying to get you in the best possible position for future dynasty supremacy but before we get into that as always we're gonna hit the intro All right, Corey, take it away with the first team of the video coming from patron Zach Peterson. Yeah, so a little bit of a unique scoring format here. I don't think I've ever seen this, but it is a 12-team Superflex Dynasty League, which is pretty common. It's a two-and-a-half-point tight end premium. I believe it's just a regular full PPR league, but two-and-a-half points to the tight end, so they got to be very, very valuable in this kind of format. And it's also a one-and-a-half-point uh, running back PPR premium. So uh, running backs, wide receivers look to be a little bit undervalued in this type of format. So... Uh, Zach basically said he took over this orphan team this past offseason. The past manager made some stupid moves, tried to win now and ended up missing the playoffs, which typically happens with, you know, uh, inexperienced or newer dynasty players. He was left with zero picks in the first four rounds of the 2022 uh, rookie draft. No first round pick in 2023. He basically wanted to take on the challenge since it's a relatively small league buy in. He's new to dynasty as well, and he basically wanted to know our thoughts on how we should continue with this team. Uh, looking at his team, he has some decent starters, like you guys can see there. Diggs, Metcalf, Godwin, uh, James Conner, Josh Jacobs, Justin Fields, you know, Dawson Knox is solid in this kind of format. Um, but he basically has no depth at any position, and he could easily sell off some of his starter, uh, some of his starters for younger players and future picks. And he also has a couple pending trade offers as well that he wants us to go over. So, I mean, right off the bat, the easiest way to tell if you're in contention or not is to look at your quarterbacks and your running backs. You have, you know, some... Fine, I guess, top two running backs, but I wouldn't want them to be my top two if I was going to, you know, win a championship. Not having a solidified QB two or three in a super flex league is definitely no bueno. And even Justin Fields is your QB one, also not uh, very good either. So I would say that, yeah, you probably need to tear this thing down. The majority of your assets are at the wide receiver position. Unfortunately for your league scoring format, they look to be a little undervalued in this type of league, but I would probably start there. That'd be where I'd be looking to start. Yep, no, I agree. And I'll be honest, uh, Corey kind of mentioned it. I mean, this is a team I'm gearing 
towards 2024 or 2025. But I mean, looking at this team, you don't have the quarterback core. Your running backs are aging more veteran win now type of pieces that I would want to get rid of in this team, especially given those scoring settings. I mean, you look at a guy like James Conner, he looks like a guy like Josh Jacobs getting that 1.5 tight end premium for guys that could potentially be workhorses in their offense. Absolutely going on the sell list for me. Even if you have to go for 2024 capital, more than fine with doing that. And uh, I mean, that kind of goes for really any players of true, true value on this team. I am parlaying that into 2024 picks. You would have already seen by now yesterday's video. I basically talked about the value and potential appreciation of that draft capital. This is a team. It's going to be a slow process. It's going to be a tedious process, but it's definitely something that you're going to have to rebuild because quite simply in the current status, you're not going to be able to compete with it. Yeah, and I would say um, before your league mates know that you're rebuilding, the first thing that I would try and do is go acquire your own first-round pick this year. Yes. So the first, before you sell anybody else, go to whoever has your first-round pick and try and sell them you know, DK Metcalf or like somebody on your team that has a lot of value. And even if that first-round pick, when they see it, they're thinking, oh, this is going to be like a mid-to-late uh, first-round pick. Maybe it's an early-to-mid. By the time you're done rebuilding this team, that pick should be 101, 101 or at least, you know, a top three pick or something like that. And if it is 101, you're probably not going to want to add B. John Robinson this time next year, but Trade you could probably sell him for a King's ransom for 2024 and 2025 capital. So yep. I would say that uh, the first move that I'd be looking to make with this team is going to get your own first round pick back before you before people look at your team after you've made like seven trades and then you try and go get your first round pick back and they'll be like, ah, oh, this pick's going to be like 101, 102, 103. No, I exactly. I agree. And the value of getting your own pick again, you can control your own tank at that point. You can control your own uh, losing. You can control your own point production. So as soon as you get that first round pick, you have the complete control to sell everything else off on your team, get as low point production as possible. And as Corey said, get that into that 101, 102 range. If you're able to do that, listen, at that point, you could potentially get, you know, three future firsts for that pick etc stuff like that or a young piece in two first that's the type of price somebody especially in this format would be willing to pay for a prospect for a talent like Bijan robinson on the clock next year so that was absolutely the first move you should be doing and as soon as you do that don't stop acquiring future capital 2023 2024 heck Honestly, if you can get a, I wouldn't even go for 2023 picks once you have your own first yeah. round pick, because this is going to be a long time and yeah. it's going to cost you way less to get 2024 and exactly. 2025 picks. than it's going to cost mentioned. you to get 2023 capital, because I'm sure by now your league mates are aware of the 2023 yeah. class. And if I can sell James Connor, Josh Jacobs, Stefan Diggs, Chris Godwin, guys like this for 2024 and 2025 capital, there's a good chance you're going to get better value out of that. Yep. And I know again, uh, those listening at home are going to be like, you guys are degenerates. You're talking about 2025. These guys haven't even played a, a game in college yet. And I fully get that, but we are valuing that liquidity here, here. Liquidity here. We're not saying, oh, you know, 2025 has a guaranteed stud in there that you absolutely have to tank for. We have no fucking clue at this point. However, what I can tell you is getting a 2025 pick right now, as I kind of mentioned in the 2024 video, when people are in the mindset of, oh, that pick is so far out. That player is never going to play for me for the next three years. I don't have to worry about that first-round pick, that second-round pick, that third-round pick. That's how you take advantage of your league. That's how you build monsters down the line. You're not going to be able to compete with this team probably until 2025 is probably my guess. So why not just get the talent off your team now and get you know maybe 1.5, 1.75, maybe 2x appreciation on the assets you get today, only you're going to know they're parlayed three years in the future. 
Yeah, exactly. And people, like Danny said, nobody's going to know who those prospects even are in 2025. And you want to look, you know, two, three years from now and see that you have an absolute war chest of 2024 and 2025 picks. Like I said, I think it's too late to buy 2023 picks with this type of team. So I would go for 2024 and 2025 picks. This is going to be a long haul. Like you said, it's not a huge, you know, buy-in. So financially, you should be okay. Let's get into these offers that he received here, and then we'll move on to the next team. Stephon Diggs for Tyreek Hill and Rashad Penny. Again, I'm not I'm not acquiring a guy like Tyreek Hill. I'm going, you're going to sell Stephon Diggs. See if somebody will give them give you their 2024 and 2025 first-round picks, if you're yeah. allowed to trade those. And that obviously kind of was the caveat initially, too. Um, if you have to buy in for those, you know, years in advance, I would I would go ahead and do that and try and get, you know, those type of picks. Yep, agreed. And uh, you kind of mentioned here, uh, Dawson Knox for a second. Given the scoring settings, uh, 2.5 uh, tight end premium here. Someone should be willing to give you a 2024 one, especially if they consider themselves a contender right now, which by the way, 2024 or even 2025 one, which by the way, the, the biggest point here too, is a lot of people may be trading some of these ca- uh, capital, some of these picks thinking, oh, I'm a contender. That pick's going to be late, yada, yada, yada. Guess what? Their team is going to look completely different by 2024 and even more completely different by 2025. So while they may peg it as the 109 to 112 or the 110 to 112, that could end up being the 104, 105 if their team is built on aging when now running backs. Yeah, exactly. And if you have to, just give them Albert O too. Dawson Knox and Albert O for a 2024 or 2025 one. Just secure those Secure those pieces, get as much production off your team as possible. And I think you should be able to rebuild this thing, but it's going to take a while. Obviously, yep. it's going to be 2024, 2025 before you even start seeing the fruits of your labor, basically, because you're going to be looking uh, for a while until then. So let's get on to the next question here. Ernest leaves us a question, not actually a team, but I really did like this question. He said, a question for Dynasty Decisions when you record next. How long should I wait if I'm going zero RB in a super flex PPR tight end premium startup? He is 10 picks away from his eighth round pick. He already has Burrow, Zach Wilson, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Jamison Williams, and Pat Fryermuth on his team in a tight end premium. I'm tempted to take Antonio Gibson as the first running back off the board if he falls to me in the eighth round. But with the roster that he currently has, and he actually has another 2023 first that he got in one of his trade downs, is it worth it to take a Gibson, Sanders, CEH, Josh Jacobs type with his roster build? Or should he be going after uh, maybe long-term assets like wide receiver? Um, some of the quarterbacks on the board, not really that interested in Tannehill, Mills, Winston, Matt Ryan, those type of guys. Uh, he does say there's still wide receivers on the board like Darnell Mooney, Chris Olave, Sky Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown. That would be the direction that I'm going in. Um, I do think Gibson and Josh Jacobs are solid values in the eighth round. But given your team construction, that's not the direction I would go. I would see maybe if somebody wants to come up and get those guys, but given that they fell that far, there's probably they're probably not that high on him uh, as far as like your micro league market. So if you had to just stick and pick, I would go with a guy like Sky Moore or Chris Olave with that next pick. You're in a position where you're like at this point in the draft, you don't want to be drafting running backs when you've already kind of made the decision that you're kind of going zero RB. You went young with most of your players, and uh, there's there's no real point to try and force running backs at this point. Yeah, never force a position of need. I would, I mean, you guys have seen it in mock drafts. You get, I mean, Corey has seen it in uh, our FSC Listener League last year, a startup last year. Legitimately at points last year, I was starting CJ Ham and Kyle Juszczyk in my running back spots. If you are not competing, do not feel hard-pressed to force a running back onto your team. Because, again, your main goal, especially with this team, a lot of young accumulating talent on this team, is inherently increase the value of your pick next year. You said you have another extra 2023 first. 
perfect. If you can get the 101, maybe add a Bijan Robinson to this team, maybe you know trade that for extra capital or whatever. Like you have a lot more flexibility, a lot more liquidity at that point. I am always going strictly for value, and the fact is, I would much rather personally Alave or Sky more than any of the running backs you listed there. Yeah, and. I mean, for me, Jacobs is definitely and Gibson are like still in that range. But given your team construction, I think it just doesn't make a lot of sense to go with those guys. If they fell that far, there's probably a good chance that your league mates aren't high on them either. So it doesn't make sense to just take them and be like, oh, well, I'll flip them midseason or something like that. Just adds unnecessary risk when you have options like Sky Moore. There's a lot of already on the board. Yep. No, I agree. Um, adds unnecessary volatility, as you're kind of saying there. So overall, uh, he kind of also says here, my plan considering my build and not planning to compete. Exactly. You're not planning to compete. Don't go after, you know, middling running back production that may worsen your own pick because the difference next year between being the, you know, 106 to 108 versus the 101 to 103 is massive. Yeah, exactly. I would I would just make sure that you're going to replenish your running back core in future draft classes 2023 and 2024. If you get on the board in the eighth round, somebody wants to give you their 2023 first for that pick too. I'm easily taking that. I'm looking at this point where you're currently at. You have a young nucleus of, of good players. You should be able to just continue to acquire draft capital, continue to uh, trade down if you need to, and, and start to look for 2023 20, seconds as well because you're getting into the range of the draft where people will give you a second to slide up like five spots. And uh, it's pretty simple at that point. So let's move on to the next team here. We got uh, Garrett Swain, another patron, 10 team, one quarterback PPR league, no tight end premium. He has the, I think his team name or the league name is listed as canned food drive here, which I (laughs) thought was kind of funny. He basically had the one one in a 10 team startup, uh, one quarterback league, non tight end premium. And this is what he ended up with. So it looks like he went with Jamar chase at the one one which is exactly who I would go with. Um, He said his league mates were new to dynasty and they valued the older players highly. Again, very good to know. Good that you uh, outlined that stuff. This team is absurd. I'm not going to lie. He said, I decided to go young. Didn't intend on going this light at running back or tight end, but I just kept getting good value on wide receiver. What are your thoughts? I mean, this is exactly what we would do, uh, like, to be honest. you. So you still secure in a one quarterback league and a 10 teamer. It's not that important to have a great quarterback, but I'm. it's still nice to have Justin Herbert on your roster. AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams, Rashad Bateman, Michael Thomas, and you know some other solid pieces there. Plus Travis Etienne, Justin Herbert, like that is a huge, you know, foundational building block that you have there. And hopefully, um, you're able to maybe parlay some of those wide receivers midseason into like 2023 capital. Tank your own pick because you don't have a lot of running back production on your team. And honestly, if things break right for you, I don't even think that it's out of the realm of possibility that you can't just like compete with this team year one. Agreed. I mean, look at the point production at wide receiver, period. Jamar Chase is going to be a top five wide receiver at worst this year. I, I, again, people might say regression, regression, whatever. He is talent-wise, uh, opportunity-wise, target share progression. Maybe, you know, Jamar Chase, 26, 28% of the targets should be about where he lies next year, even if the big plays goes down. He is going to be an absolute stud. A.J. Brown. Yes, I get it. The volume, you know, maybe is a concern, but was that ever really the strong point of A.J. Brown in Tennessee? No. He is going to be a top 10 wide receiver, no doubt about it. D.J. Moore, Drake London, Traylon Brooks, like that wide receiver core is something of dreams. I don't know how A.J. Brown fell to you at the back of the second round, because I'm assuming he's probably your 210 here, assuming that you went uh, with Jamar Chase at the 101, but absurd. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you still have all your picks intact. 
I mean, again, if, if Travis Etienne's your hero RB and he has a great top five, top 10 type of season this year, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Damian, uh, Damian Pierce, Tyler Algier, Rashad White, one of those guys gives you RB2 production. And then you got a nice little like hero RB um, type of situation here with this team. And, and maybe one of those tight ends, David Njoku, as we're recording this, just signed a mega extension. So maybe he'll be uh, more involved in the offense and he could become a stalwart, a tight end for you. So uh, he asked, what are our thoughts? I think you did a great job here. I think this is a house money year for you. You could compete if things break right, but you're not necessarily hamstrung into competing because you have a very young team. You still have all of your picks in the future. And like I said, I would you know test the market to see what some of your wide receivers can fetch mid-season because DJ Moore, for example, because he is, I mean, he's your oldest wide receiver, but he's obviously not old. If we get to mid-season and DJ Moore is having a top 10 type of year and you can get you know two first round picks for him or something like that, because like you said, your league mates seem to overvalue production versus youth, then maybe you can uh, uh, really build this thing into a, a monster, you know, two years from now and be able to fill out your running back core in the upcoming draft classes. Move on to Gerbil's team. He's got a 10 team super flex PPR league here. Uh, as you guys can see the team there, Matthew Stafford, Jameis Winston, et cetera. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Kenneth Walker, mainly at running back DK Metcalf, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Juju, Allen Robinson, Kadarius, Tony at wide receiver, Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet at tight end, two first round picks in the mid, por- uh, mid portion of 2023's class there. No second or third round pick. And he has, looks like all of his picks in the future, except for his second rounder in 2024. So um, he gives us a number of trades that he made. We can kind of just evaluate these real quick and go over the team. Basically, he made a couple trades here. And when I looked over these, I understand why he made these trades, but given the position that I assume he was in before this, I probably would have stood pat. So the first trade that he made was he gave up the 104, 208, uh, and 108 for DK Metcalf and Jameis Winston. I'm fine with that trade. I think that's good value. DK Metcalf to me is about worth the 104 and the 108 combined. Give or take, and yeah. I, Jameis Winston's worth more than the 208. So you kind of offset that kind of value there. The second trade, he gave away an early first, second, a 2023 mid second, and a 2023 late second for Matthew Stafford. Now this. that's that's that. a little that's that's steep. That's steep I hate, for me. I, I'm sorry, Gerbil. Again, like uh, we got to be blonde with you. We got to be honest with you. I hate that move. I like I hate it. Like early 2023 first to me, I'm assuming means top four. And if that's the case, I wouldn't take Matthew Stafford Stafford over any of Bijan, the top two quarterbacks next year, or whatever receiver you want to put first, Jameer Gibbs would be first or put first, whatever. At least at 104, it's a conversation, but that already gets offset by the fact that there's also three seconds attached to this deal. So I I don't like that at all. Yeah. To be honest. And then I understand again, when you see what his next deal was, you understand why he made this trade. He gives away two first round picks, a 2024 first Dawson Knox and Justin Ross in exchange for Jonathan Taylor and Alexander Madison. So what looks like gerbil did here was he looked at his league dynamic and he was like, Hey, I can push my chips into the middle. And if we're, if for those of you guys keeping count at home, it looks like he had at 1.6 first round picks or five first round picks in 2023, one of them being early and four of them being mid. So I don't know, man. I think I probably would have stood pat, let my draft capital develop and and spend those picks or, you know, come the 2023 class, make moves at that point. Because if you remove what he had on his team uh, or from the trades that he made, if you take Jonathan Taylor and Matthew Stafford and Jameis Winston off this team, I like the DK Metcalf deal. So I'm fine with that one. Uh, And Jameis obviously there too. You would have had, you know, Metcalf, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, all those wide receivers to build around and some trade chips midseason with Juju and Allen Robinson. You could probably get future draft capital for midseason. And you would have had just Kenneth Walker mainly at running back, which is perfect. Um, you know, no real tight ends to speak of and all the draft capital in the world to be able to address your running back and quarterback position. 
Yeah. And I'll just, I mean, I'll quickly add. So, I mean, looking at that, right, you would have had what, four mid 2023 and an early 2023. Let's just say you, you did the DK deal. Okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. You sacrificed all your liquidity, or not all of it because you still have two first left, but you sacrificed a stranglehold on this league, a potential to make this league or this team into a dominant monster in this league for five, eight plus years for validation right now even though you're not really planning to fully compete this year given the fact that your quarterback two and three are james winston and mitch trubisky i i just i don't know hopefully it works out for you hopefully you win the league i just think you gave up too much here yeah and i would say like what would you where would you go from here right are you going to fully commit to it and try and trade maybe one more of those first next year and see if you can get a better quarterback too or something like that if you can flip a first round pick for Derek carr or for you know kirk cousins or somebody like that, would you be enticed to do something like that? Or would you maybe reevaluate some of these moves and see if you can recoup some of the value by putting Jonathan Taylor on the open market, putting Matthew Stafford on the open market? The problem I have, again, like you can't analyze with the thought of sunk cost on your brain because I mean, like obviously looking at the sunk cost here, you'd want to recoup everything, but I would gauge where league is at on those assets. If they were as high as you were on them when you acquired on them and I don't know. I, it, it's a tough question. Uh, you have clearly a good amount of top end pieces, but at the end of the day here, I mean, outside of, you know, Taylor and Walker, if this is a really true contending team, that's not what I want my depth at running back to be. Again, I am not a running back guy, but I know when I'm ready to contend, when I'm ready to push my chips in, like, yeah, can you, can you, you know, get cost effective guys like James White for, you might get for like a fourth guys like that. Sure. But I mean, I just think that you're kind of stuck into top four, top three type of territory where you could have made this the number one overall dominant team. Right. So the way I would handle this probably going forward is you have a lot of great wide receivers on your team. Allen Robinson and Juju yes. Smith-Schuster to me stand out as guys that I'd be putting on the trade market to see Juju what kind of sure. running back production you could get for them because or a quarterback potentially using some of your draft capital. If you can add a better quarterback too, if you can add Leonard Fournette with one of those guys at running back, then I'm okay trying to just win this year because you kind of already are like 90% yeah. of the way there. So it, it's going to be hard to just be like, you know, backtrack this thing and try and get yeah. all your picks back because it's probably it, it, going to be it, really it, difficult to do. So I would say that I would probably take one of those two wide receivers, see if you can get a good running back, see if you can get a better quarterback two, better quarterback three out of that. Yeah. And again, like, sorry if I sound, it seems so pessimistic. I was just like, trying to like wrap my head brain around it for a second, but given your spot, like I would agree with Corey, uh, use those wide receivers as leverage at this point. Again, if you can't recoup most of your value back, you may as well just commit at this point. Cause you already made the priority moves to secure the RB one and secure another top 12 ish type of quarterback with Matthew Stafford. The main question mark I have though, again, like, Leverage those wide receivers, leverage a couple of those picks. If you can get, you know, another quarterback two type, have Jameis as your three, I think that's really, really ideal. Kirk Cousins would be a perfect fit for he this team. He has Kirk listed here as a potential trade target. Yeah. Also has, you know, Trey Lance. I'm not really sure what the uh, the parameters of these potential trade targets are. Maybe these are just guys that you think are undervalued in your current league market. Um, but yeah, Kirk does make some sense if you're going to go after a guy. I probably would abstain from trading away any of my first if I can help it because yes. I think you have the wide receiver depth to be able to to move one of those guys and acquire like a guy like Kirk Cousins or something like that. You, but yeah, at this point, unfortunately, you're probably stuck in, in into the fact that you have to compete just given the moves that you made. This is, you know, a, a lesson to be learned on yes. probably not jumping the gun because like Danny said, you could have been bar none the best team in your league. 
if you had played this a little bit more patiently um, a couple years from now, two years from now, and maybe even had like a house money season as early as 2023. Yep. No, I, I agree there. Um, but either way, uh, sorry again for seeing, seeming so aggressive. I was just like, you know, passionate. Danny's going full Canadian. You know? <laughs> He's apologizing. No, I, oh, I feel bad. I, I felt like I was being hostile, but either way, uh, yeah. I mean, at this point, you're not going to get much of your sunk cost back. Just go and compete. We can transition to the next team unless you have any other thoughts. No, let's get on to Anthony Morrison's okay. team. He is the uh, final patron of the video, and then we'll get into the non-patron questions. Um, he didn't actually give me a scoring format. I'm just going to assume it's like Superflex 12-team PPR for simplicity's sake. He did kind of structure his team in a way that just makes me think that's how it is. Um, so his team there, you guys can see it. Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. That's like such a me quarterback core. Um, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams is his main running backs. T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, David Bell. Uh, again, a very me wide receiver core. Mark Andrews at tight end. 103 and 104 uh, picks this year. I think he's already spent these picks because Garrett Wilson and Drake London are on his team and 204. So I'm assuming he got London 103, Garrett Wilson 104, David Bell 204. And he has four first round picks in next year's class as well as uh, two thirds in next year's class. But he does not have his first in 2024. So um, overall, looking at his team, I think we could probably both agree that he's in a really good spot. He has yes. a lot of high, high-level assets. I mean, you got two of the top 15 overall picks with uh, with your two quarterbacks. You have a great you know, third quarterback that we both believe in. You have two of the top five running backs in Dynasty. You have um, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Drake London are all like top 12 Dynasty wide receivers. Garrett Wilson, top 20 Dynasty wide receiver. Some other guys there, David Bell and Claypool, that have some upside. The second best tight end in Dynasty, and then four first round picks to boot. So, as far as your team is concerned, I think you're in a great spot. Let's uh, go over some of the trades that he ended up making here to put himself in, in part, uh, in part due to the the great spot that he's in. So, trade number one, the guy with Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson has decided that he is rebuilding since he pretty much has nothing else other than those two elite assets. Uh, after negotiating the trade. It's basically come down to this. Now, I think he actually did end up making the trade, but let's just kind of uh, review this here. So on the receiving end, he gets Jonathan Taylor, right? He gets the 108 also. He gets the 208 and the 308. So he gets basically this guy's entire draft this year, I suppose. And he also gets um, Zach Ertz. And in exchange for that, he traded away uh, 104, 2023 first, 204, a 2023 third, and Foster Moreau. I don't know what the other guy's doing. I'm going to keep it honest. Like the previous, you know, team, we talked about, you know, paying too steep of a price for Jonathan Taylor. This is just probably at least a 2023 first short of what should be fair market price. Like generally speaking, yes. Is there a difference between 104 and 108? Absolutely. I, I do think so. You know, Garrett Wilson versus let's say Sky Moore or Chris Alave or Jameson Williams. So there's a bit of difference there, but uh, I mean, overall JT, is way over the rest of the deal. Like I would take JT over a 2023 one, a 204, a 2022 third and a Foster Moreau very, very easily. So although you lose quote unquote, a little bit of value from 104 to 108, you're also getting 208, 308 and Zach Ertz here who Zach Ertz should be a locked and loaded top 12 ish type of tight end this year. Like, yeah, if you're pushing your chips in, given the status of your team, given the fact that you can compete. Yeah. Like I am more than fine with paying that price. Yeah, and it looks like he did. Uh, he structured those like rookies on his team, just basically who he was targeting at those picks. So yep. instead of getting you know Garrett Wilson presumably at one hundred and four, he's looking towards more Chris Olave, Jamison Williams type. Which again, 
it's a difference. Like I think Garrett Wilson was a better prospect than those guys, but yep. he more than make up for it in the rest of the trade. So uh, let's move on to the second trade that he makes here or that he's looking to make. This is the whole reason basically that he included all the third round picks in the previous trades because he wanted to make a trade like this. I guess he had, you know, preliminary discussions with this guy, but he uh, wanted to acquire James Conner, who I think is a great RB3 with the team format that you have right now um, in exchange for Chase Claypool and a 2023 third. And, I mean, at face value, I would rather have James Conner than Chase Claypool. It, the difference probably being about a 2023 20, uh, third, and you get yourself a solid RB3 behind the top two studs that you have. Yeah, no, I'm more than fine with that. And, I mean, looking at this team right now, you've already built up uh, a phenomenal— Sorry, I guess he'd be your RB4 then if you have Jonathan yeah. Taylor too. So, yeah, yeah I, I forgot about Jonathan Taylor, yeah. I mean, the fact I that mean, you're, you're well set up to compete yeah. with, with this team, and oh. you're very, very young at pretty much every position. I mean, yeah, this team honestly reminds me of my listener league team. It's very similar. You, you have a have an extremely strong quarterback core there with Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. Now you have a four-spear of running back, if you will, with Taylor, Williams, DeAndre Swift. He literally has James my top Conner. three dynasty running backs yeah, on this team. Which is phenomenal. Yeah, Taylor, uh, Javante, and Swift is my top three dynasty running backs. And you have Connor, who's a sol- definitely more than a solid Derby for yeah, and I, I mean, the only thing I'll, I'll maybe say is because you're so young at receiver, maybe in season, your team is, you know, six and one, but you're noticing that potentially you can get value in terms of like maybe a veteran receiver, like maybe Adam Thielen's having a he good year. Four and he four first round picks, cheap. man. Like he could, he could go after, I, do you Jefferson. have any problem at all trading for Stefan Diggs midseason no. if, if, uh, with one of those first round picks, no. spent, like using your own probably? First round pick, uh, and you trade somebody of the 111 or the 112 for Stefan Diggs. Uh, I mean, uh, let's just talk about it right now, too. Would you be at all worried about giving, you know, Garrett Wilson a one and maybe another piece for like a Jeff- Justin Jefferson? No, no, I wouldn't. Given, like, yeah, all the all the draft capital that you have, too, you, you, you're you set up to be dominant in this yeah. league. I, I'd say I, I've never built a team like this. So uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is looking pretty good. I, I, I built a couple, but I mean, I will say I'm on route to building a couple. I'm <laughs> definitely getting there with some of my teams, but uh, yeah. I have not built a team this well set up for the yeah. future and the uh, the present. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, you're doing a great job there. So overall, uh, any other, tra- no, no other trades here. So we can move on to the next team and that's going to be before from- we do that. Got to pay some bills around here. Of course, course. got to hear from our sponsors over at Manscaped and then we'll get into the non-patron questions. Hey lads, today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors over at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming across the globe. With summer just around the corner, our sponsors over at Manscaped are here with the best tools to get you ready for the warm weather and good times. Everyone wants an active summer. Manscaped provides men with the cleanest and most concise trimming experience available on the market. The summer is coming by quickly. Did you sure up your grooming routine with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your body. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave in the dark. Did I mention that it's also waterproof? This package also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer to whack all of the worst of your weeds. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes of yours. 
In addition to your Performance Package 4.0, Manscaped is proud to announce the official launch of the Boxer 2.0, the optimal protector of your family jewels. Let your bulge breathe with the comfiest boxers on the market. This summer, it's time to join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code BUSH for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUSH at checkout. Manscaped gives your manhood the proper treatment it deserves. We appreciate the support for the Fancy Stock Exchange over by our friends at Manscaped and thank them for sponsoring today's video. And speaking of that video, let's get right back to it. All right, so big shout out to Manscaped. Promo code BUSH, 20% off plus free shipping as always. Jordan 95, uh, the first non-patron question that we have here. One quarterback, 12-team PPR league. You guys can see the team on the screen. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is his main quarterback with Trevor Lawrence in the back seat there. Pretty solid. Uh, Saquon Barkley, J.K. Dobbins as his main running backs. Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, um, Juju, Gabriel Davis, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, who's listed way too far down on this list. Um, <laughs> Noah Fant as his main tight end with Cole Komet there. Also has five ones. <laughs> I love it. Two ones in 2024 and two thirds and two thirds in both of the next two draft classes as well. So looking at this team, I mean, you're well set up. You're set up in the, in the present. I mean, that that's such a me outside of CEH. That's such a me running back core Barkley and Dobbins. You love to see that. What's up? No, we'll get, we'll get to the trades in the second, but before we like fully, fully delve into them, I just want you Corey to look at that second trade for a second. Ew, what? <laughs> Who did that? I don't know. But uh, here, I'll let you continue. I, that just caught my eye. I had to point it out. Right. So his main questions are, what moves should I make to get closer to winning? Man, I would just say, keep doing what you're doing because you're going to yeah. be well set up to do that. Also, what do you think about the trades he made? Kind of limited, kind of a limited bench. So a little bit of a depth concern that he has here, struggling to make some moves, just kind of selling players for future capital at this point. And he also says, thanks. Uh, appreciates the channel and advice from Hawaii he's listening. So uh, Mahalo that. is what he lists here. So uh, let's go over these trades real quick. In this <laughs> trade, I mean, I fucking love this. Did J.K. Dobbins in the 312 <laughs> yeah. for Darnell Mooney. I, J.K. Dobbins and Darnell Mooney couldn't be further apart in my dynasty rankings. And I like Darnell Mooney, but I mean, J.K. Dobbins is a top eight running back in my dynasty rankings. So yeah. uh, give me J.K. Dobbins all day and twice on Sunday. Now, well, I traded the second trade. I traded Mike Williams for a singular 2023 first. And I was over the moon that I got that for Mike Williams. He also got the 110 on top of a 2023 first for Mike Williams. So again, woodshed deal, like lock, you know, hook, line and sinker. You absolutely destroyed that guy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, first of all, I'll provide my input. I am the RB hater and I would take Dobbin straight up over Mooney. I don't think that's really all too close to be quite honest. I mean, Dobbins is still a top 50 player for me. So the fact that you got Dobbins plus for Mooney, I think that's a great deal. You must be, uh, playing with a target share truther who's seeing, you know, Darna Mooney's target share, seeing A-Rob leaving and thinking, you know, maybe Mooney is going to be a top eight receiver. So, I mean, that's the only justification I can see for this. You, you you did very, very well here. And talk about the second move. I mean, straight up, I would take either of those two picks over Mike Williams. The fact that you got I both think Mike Williams picks, in the 110 is probably about fair value, though. David Bell, yeah, I, that's about fair, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, for most people, I mean, that would actually be mostly Jahan Dotson uh, falling at the 110 for the most part, maybe one of those wide receivers if Kenny Pickett goes early. So if you can get, you know, a Dotson or um, one of those Sky other Moore, receivers, Sky Jameson Moore, Williams. yeah, one of those falls to the 110, like, yeah, like 
I would rather that over Mike Williams. So, but either way, that's not even the conversation. You got both of them for Mike Williams. So a plus it move does here. look like he took Pickens with the one ten though. Uh, I will say because it, it looks like Pickens is his first rookie pick. I wouldn't pick Pickens that high, but if you love Pickens, I don't think it's terrible. I personally would rather have Mike Williams than Pickens. But uh, you got a twenty twenty three first, so uh, that's, he's got Jameson. Spot. He's got Jameson. Oh, does he have Jameson Williams? He does or? have Jameson Williams. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it definitely was Jameson Williams yeah. then. Um, Perfect. So the the next trade here, I got to be honest, given your team construction, I would have just kept Jamar Chase Agreed. because you already have a war chest of future assets and a good, solid, young foundation. What you need for this team is studs, and that's what Jamar Chase is. Not that Debo isn't a stud, but mm -hmm. I just would rather have Jamar Chase than Debo a first and Juju, and then obviously the other stuff is kind of just gravy, but I would have just kept Jamar Chase there probably. I mean, like... The value. Okay, first of all, I like I would I would want more value if I had Jamar Chase. But do I think it's egregious in terms of value? I don't think it's egregious in terms of value lost here. However, Debo's got a lot more volatility than we want to acknowledge right now. Whereas Jamar Chase is going to be a locked and loaded top two wide receiver regardless of what happens throughout the offseason. If Debo gets traded, or if you know Debo faces an injury, or if anything happens to Debo. He's holds out. There's a lot more volatility in having an asset like that. So mo moving a liquid asset, moving such a prime asset like Jamar Chase at this point in the offseason, I just personally couldn't do it. Yeah. And like I said, especially considering, what, especially considering what you have here, I would have definitely just kept the stud, right? Because you're already in a good spot. Studs is what you need. Mahomes and Chase would have been your studs, obviously. And then maybe Barkley if he can stay healthy. But um, Amari Cooper... Uh, 2022 112, which is probably where he actually took Pickens, and then a 2023 first is. I don't know how the fuck you did this. What? Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell in the 202. You got Amari Cooper a 2023 first in the 112. Like, no, we don't have to spend any time on that. That is an easy woodshed move. Wait, wait, wait. So, uh, brother Jordan, all right, I would take the 2023 first straight up over all of that other junk. Yeah, the fact you got, got Cooper in the 112 on top of it. In the 112, yeah. Pickens, Pickens, that's fine yeah. value for him there. Alave yeah. in a 2023 first Mash. in exchange for Burks. Yeah, I mean, Mash. Alave and Burks, there's a difference between those guys, but it's not that big of a difference. Not a 2023 first difference, so I'll take uh, I'll take that for sure. I mean, let's just talk about it right now because he actually ended up flipping Alave right after that. So basically, we're looking at it contextually right now. A 2023 first, a 2024 first, and two-thirds in exchange for Traylon Burks. There are probably only maybe 10 or 11 total players in Dynasty that I would take over two first. And, and there's I'll only two right wide receivers. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, Traylon Burks is not one of them. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't even like, I, I would rather have that package than AJ Brown, CD Lamb, and T Higgins, yep. who are my immediate following receivers other than the two LSU guys. Agreed. So, um, yeah, I definitely think you uh, made out like a bandit with a lot of these trades. Your future, you know, what you should be doing going forward, you need to get studs, I would say, is your biggest um, issue with this team. So what I'd be looking to do is inquire about Justin Jefferson, inquire about Kyle Pitts, inquire about guys like that. Obviously, Jamar Chase, you traded away, but <laughs> yeah. um, I would see what it costs to get you one of those guys. Because if you can go Juju a 2023 first and, you know, Kadarius Tony for fucking Justin Jefferson, like okay, given what you've pulled off in this league, I don't doubt that you can pull off some <laughs> shit like that. So yeah. um, I would definitely consider uh, that. But if nobody is uh, valuing 2023 first appropriately, then... I don't mind just, again, there's, it's possible that you compete with this team this year. Seeing what happens this year and spending all those picks next year, spending some of them, trading some of them, and uh, hopefully hitting on a lot of those picks and, and building out a true, true stud type of team here.
Yep. No, I fully agree. So uh, overall, great moves. You're on the right path. I mean, you have a, a ton of liquidity, a ton of future capital. A lot of depth, well as, too. I, I was just about to say, as well as a lot of depth and a lot of uh, good players on your team as well. So great construction. Clearly a fan of the channel. We can move on to the next team here, and that is going to be from RJB Productions. And I'll just take it over here. 10 team Superflex Dino right here. Uh, quarterbacks here, you got Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Davis, Davis Mills heading that group. Running backs, Alvin Kamara, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, etc. There, wide receivers headlined by Justin Jefferson, Allen Robinson, Elijah Moore, Drake London, and others there. And at tight end, you have the one, the only, the gold standard, Kyle Pitts, followed by Pat Fryermuth, which is a, a very, very solid second tight end to have on your team, along with what looks like all of your future picks apart from your 23s. So you don't have your 23s, but you have all the future picks after that, including an extra 2024 first. So overall, what are your thoughts on this team? What are your thoughts on a couple of these moves? And we can get through uh, what questions he has. Yeah, so his main question is just, should I go for it? I mean, like, you don't really have a choice. You, you don't have your 2023 first. You also have a good enough team to go for this. So, I, yeah, I'm just going to go for it this year, see what happens. If you win, you win. If not, I mean, you're going to have your 2024 picks for a quick turnaround if you needed to sell off an asset or two like Camara or somebody like that and kind of retool in the 2023 season for one season and then in 2024 be back to competing again. So, um, I do think you're in a good spot. If you get to mid-season, you got a bunch of injuries or something like that, and you need to sell off Kamara or Allen Robinson, that'd probably be what I'd be looking to do. But uh, for the most part, I think if everybody stays healthy and if things break right for you, you can definitely compete with this team. For sure. He he does mention here uh, that he's been thinking about, uh, he said, stupidly traded away all of my 2023 picks. Glad you recognize that. I mean, th those are the gold standard. Those are a, a gold mine of picks right now. But I mean, you're cognizant. You realize, hey, like if I can try to potentially get a first back, Go for it. I, I would scour the markets. Maybe, you know, you're in a more casual setting where a lot of people don't realize just exactly how valuable some of those picks are. Maybe you can recoup one back. You also mentioned here a potential deal you can do getting Dak Prescott for Mac Jones and Pat Fryermuth. If you are able to pull that off, that is an A plus move. Uh, and you'll have arguably one of the best quarterback trios in Dynasty period with Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, and Justin Fields at that point. Yeah, that, that's a great move if you can pull that off. That also gives you another stud, too, um, to help, yep. you know, increase. Because when you're going for a championship, you want as much stud factor as you can possibly get. And while I think some of your running backs can be studs if things break right for them, we know Justin Herbert's a stud. We know Justin Jefferson's a stud. We know Kyle Pitts is a stud. You add Dak Prescott to that mix, followed by a number of good depth pieces. And um, like guys like Drake London, Elijah Moore could ascend to that kind of territory. Same with Cam Akers. So. Um, you're going to be in a really good spot, and I would absolutely make that move given that you have Kyle Pitt, uh, Kyle Pitts on your team. You don't really need Pat, Pat Fryermuth that much. Agreed. And he, I mean, he kind of has the question here, but we we talked about it. What should I do? Push for the playoffs rebuild. Uh, as Corey kind of said, just see what you got with this team. Like maybe you transition midseason. Um, the one move I would say I would try to do now before everybody kind of gets a hold of his situation. Again, the legal situation of Alvin Kamara is very sketchy to me. If you can transition him into either another win now running back or maybe into a running back such as, you ETN know, a Travis ETN, exactly, an ETN type, Dobbins type, maybe an Acres type, maybe even if Acres you can. Oh, I mean, he has a, that, that's a good point. Maybe Saquon Barkley, that, that would be another one. Those would be the type of players I'd be looking to acquire for Alvin Kamara. It's just, again, age, legal situation, a lot of volatility, a lot of question marks. If anything happens towards Kamara's ability to start the season on the active roster for the New Orleans Saints, his value will go down tremendously because he is an older player. 
Yeah, exactly. So um, I think we're pretty good on this team. Uh, RGB looks like he's in a good spot. Yep. Go for the go for the chip this year. Uh, like Danny said, maybe see what you can get for Alvin Kamara. And if by midseason you got a bunch of injuries, Allen Robinson and Alvin Kamara would be the two guys I'd be looking to potentially ship off. Let's get into the next team here, Fetter Cheddar. I'll let you uh, take it away with him. For sure. So I'll read over uh, Fetter Cheddar's team here. He says his quarterbacks here are Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, and Mac Jones heading that list. Running backs are Saquon Barkley, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, an all-bush list of running backs, if you yeah, will. Literally. Even uh, why- Stevenson, too, is like a type of guy that I end up with a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, and your boy Miles Sanders. Just kidding. And Rashad White, <laughs> Buccaneer, great. Uh, wide receiver, Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb. I already love that. And then you add Godwin, Elijah Moore, Bateman, Bell, stacked. I don't four. even want to spend time on this team, dude. You got five first round picks too. <laughs> I just took that in Kyle Pitts as well. As I always say, the gold standard, the gold prime, whatever standing at tight end you have him, And he kind of just says here, I feel like I'm a contender, but what kind of moves I make, which by the way, I didn't actually outline the scoring settings. It's a 12 man super flex league with a tight end premium at, uh, one and a half PPR for tight ends. Okay. Uh, 0.75 PPR for wide receivers and running backs. So it's twice as valuable. I mean, yes, Pitts. So like, obviously yeah. Pitts is very valuable. Um, yes, you're definitely a contender. Like this is a very, very well-constructed team. The move that stands out most to me, I'm sure you're going to think the same thing. You got five ones next year in Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to get another elite quarterback. hundred yes. percent. I'm going after Josh Allen. I'm going after Justin Herbert. If you can't get those guys. I'm going after Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, somebody like that. This team is is loaded. Like you got the, like a, a loaded receiver core, best tight end and a tight end premium, great running back core that's really deep as well. Like you're in a, a prime position to win this league. I would 100% take Trevor Lawrence and two first round picks and go after Josh Allen. Yep. Or, and you I, know, one of those other guys. Maybe, you know, somebody is scared at that point and you have to, maybe, you know, T-Law Gibson and a first in 2023 might get it done for him. Who knows? I don't know where your league is at, but all I know is if I'm trying to acquire Josh Allen with this team, I'm just letting the other person name the price because I, you have value. You have assets. Even if you had to, quote unquote, overpay a smidge, which, by the way, there's no such thing as overpaying for freaking Josh Allen. You Having go Mahomes and Josh Allen would be a pretty damn good feeling. Yeah. I can't say that I've experienced it in the Dynasty League, and I think it would be pretty awesome. But this is, I mean, this is the ideal position to be in, right? You're in a position now where you're allowed to get, like, lose value in trades because your team is that good. It's so, a fun yeah, feeling. Whoever, you, like, just gauge the market. All those elite quarterbacks, you don't have to get Josh Allen. If Josh Allen's manager knows how valuable Josh Allen is and wants four first-round picks from you, and Trevor Lawrence, then don't trade for Josh Allen. Go after yeah. Kyler Murray instead. Go after Lamar Jackson instead and see who you can kind of get the best value on. But Probably. yeah, I would yep. go for the start with the gold standard, Josh Allen, and then go, you know, work back from there. Yep, for sure. So uh, overall, you clearly have a good head on your shoulders. I feel like we can move on to the next team here. And that is going to be from Ronnie. So he says it's a 12-team full PPR super flex. He has Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford as his main two quarterbacks here. No actual other quarterbacks listed. So I'm assuming he doesn't have a viable quarterback three at this point. Running back, you got DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne heading the group there. Wide receivers, Marquise Brown, Elijah Moore, Keenan Allen, David Bell in particular. And then at tight end, you have Mike G, Mike Jasicki, whatever you want to call him. You got that dolphin. Uh, at picks, he has a 2023 first, second, and third, actually two 2023 first. And he doesn't have his 2024 one or two. He basically kind of just wanted us to look at these trades, kind of give us our, uh, give him our thoughts as to how he did with these deals. So, Overall, when looking at this team, when looking at a couple of these trades, what are your main thoughts here? And then we will go into a couple of these trades in specific. 
Yeah. So a couple things stand out. Number one, if Deshaun Watson gets gets suspended, that's going to be a big problem for you. I don't know who your second or your third quarterback is if you even have one, but I would, if you can take one of your 2023 first and it's going to be mid to late and go out and inquire about Zach Wilson, go out and inquire about somebody like that to get a young quarterback, number one, and number two, to have a third quarterback in case Deshaun Watson gets suspended. I would probably inquire about something like that. If if that doesn't work out and the value's not there, by all means, you know, keep rolling. But you're gonna you're gonna definitely be in a predicament uh, having you know win now type of quarterbacks right now and not having Deshaun Watson for ten games, for example, if he gets suspended ten games. So that's definitely concern number one for me is what happens with Deshaun Watson with this team. My second concern would be at wide receiver. You have three guys that I like, but not a whole like I mean David Bell I like as well, but for as far as this year's production. I'd be a little concerned about my wide receiver depth if I had this team. I will add, though, to be honest, Corey, I mean, maybe because of that, you may want to transition Stafford into maybe a younger quarterback, like, you know, a Fields type in that relative range. But is it really the worst thing with this team if Deshaun Watson were to miss some games? I mean, apart from Keenan Allen, you'd probably have to sell You'd have Allen. to sell Stafford and Keenan Allen if that were yes. the case. If Stafford, but, if, if Watson gets suspended 10 games and you're not able to get a patchwork quarterback, for the time being, I would probably sell Stafford, sell Keenan Allen. Like you said, go after Lawrence, go after Fields, go after and, Wilson. And tank one your of those one. Guys, and then tank your own one and see what you can get for Keenan Allen, too, because he's obviously going to be very productive. He'll probably be your best receiver this year. So I would uh, I would see what you can get for him as well. And then you have you know young running backs, young wide receiver core that if it's a one-year reboot, you add you know another running back and another wide receiver to this team with your 2023 first or maybe another quarterback or something like that. Um, then you should be in good shape in 2023. So I think you, there's a number of different ways you can go with this team. Let's get into some of the trades that he has here. Yeah. Um, he received Keenan Allen and Marquise Brown for Nick Chubb, Rondell Moore in a second. Easy I mean, move. That's, that's an easy move for me. I honestly like, I don't know if I would take this straight up, but I would say I would. Marquise Brown might almost be worth that himself. I would. Uh, oh, uh, I thought you meant Nick Nick Chubb versus Marquise Brown. I would rather Marquise Brown. No, I would Chubb. say Nick, like Marquise Brown might be worth that package himself. But definitely Keenan Allen on top of it yeah. definitely works. Yeah, it might be a little too far, but uh, I agree. Again, when you get Keenan Allen on the top of it, that it is a, a very nice little side piece to attach to this. Uh, I will say, though, the next deal, I uh, I probably would have wanted a, a tad more value. I don't know. I mean, no, it's not bad. It's, it's not If you're bad. a really big Gasicki guy, I don't mind it, but I'm, I'm just, just not. not. That's Gisicki why. Guy. Yeah. Like, so if, you if, went, I, if I loved Mike Gasicki, I think this is a great move because you get a better second rounder this year. You downgrade your third rounder, but you get a 2023 second, which will probably be, you know, equivalent to like an early yeah. second rounder, wherever it ends up being in this draft class. So overall, I, I think that's pretty solid. You ended up getting David Bell at the 204 by the looks <laughs> of it, too. So uh, you add David Bell to that side of the deal and it's it looks that's even fair. better. I will say so. I think that's a relatively even trade, but I think you could have maybe gotten a little bit more. Like if that was like Cole. If you remove the third round pick swap, I think I would have like definitely taken your side. If that was Cole Komet, would have what would have been your reaction instead? Like I, Cole yeah, I, I just rather have Cole Komet than Mike Gesicki. So <laughs> exactly. Like that. Like if that was Cole Komet, I think I would I would be more happy. I, I'm just not a huge fan of Gesicki. I just don't really see his role in that offense now that again he spent a lot of his time in the slot. I'm sure we're gonna have a ton of redraft videos breaking him down, but he spent a lot of his time playing small slot snaps last year and adding a guy like Tyree Kill, already having a guy like Jalen Waddle who has that versatility to play slot if needed. I just don't exactly know. Is he going to be an inline tight end in Mike McDaniel's system? I'm not too sure. But if he is, if he's pigeonholed in that spot, I am a little bit wary over Mike Jasicki's potential for volume. Because, I mean, this was a guy who got 112 targets last year, and I just don't really see that repeating. Too much microanalysis. We're talking about Dynasty. Let's get on to the next deal. Uh, 
just right off the bat, you're you're taking depreciating type of assets and going up and getting a quarterback that is arguably a top six, seven startup pick if the legal allegations subside. Yeah, I love this move. I think, yes. I mean, ETN, I would rather have ETN than Tannehill and Juju combined, and I would rather have Deshaun Watson than a first in CMC. Easily. And then you just get a yeah. free Alberto in 211. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. We can transition to the next trade. Uh, Derek Henry for Michael Pittman in a second. I'd rather Pittman. That's, that's straight such up. a good move. That is such a good yeah, move. Yeah, I, would, I love that. I would rather Pittman straight up. So great move there. 203 and 204, you got, and you ended up getting Elijah Moore. Like, this is the definition of buying low on elite talent. We don't have to spend much more time on that. Uh, next trade here, you ended up trading away the 309 and the 2023 two to go up and trade for David Bell. got David Bell. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, so instead of just drafting David Bell at 204, you turned him and the fucking 203 into Elijah yeah. Moore. So, yeah, I definitely can't blame you for that one. And then you sold Michael Pittman Fine Jr. straight up for a 2023 yep. first. I will say, I don't know where that first is going to end up I'm being. With it. If that's a late first, I'd rather have Michael Pittman, especially considering that you could probably compete with this team and you had a little bit, you know, lackluster wide receiver depth. I'm fine with it, honestly. I like that that, that first. Is if that ends up being an early to mid first, that's a great deal. But like, if it's a late, if it's like a late first, I think it's the difference is probably negligible to the point that I probably would have just kept Pittman. So basically, you're saying there's no not really any much downside risk, and you can only get potential appreciation if that ends up being mid or higher. Yeah, I mean, like, I I love the 2023 class, right. but I think Pittman's a little underrated. Then if, you, no. if you're if you're saying it's, slam dunk 2023 first, no, no, no. Then like, I'm I, I'm I, of the I need a mid first probably I, for Pittman. Well, I like Pittman. I would probably put his value relative to maybe, you know, the 109 type of area, 110 type of area next yeah, year. Yeah, see, I'd probably value him at like the 106, 107, 108 next year. I mean, I would take Butte, Addison, and JSN all way over him. Honey, I think you're in a good spot. Uh, yeah. The one thing I will say is, again, check what you can see, what you can do at quarterback, just because with Sean Watson's legal situation, I think he's going to get suspended. I think if he wasn't going to get suspended, we would have heard this by now. Um, the fact that they're taking as long as they're taking means that there probably is going to be some kind of discipline and having Matthew Stafford there as your, your next main quarterback um, means that you're kind of pigeonholed into winning now. So see what a third quarterback might cost you. And if you can't get a third quarterback, I might try and transition Stafford and Keenan Allen to get a little younger and increase your longevity. Having the two first rounders next year obviously helps with that. So the final team of the video, let's talk about Josh's team here, 12 man super flex dynasty quarterbacks, Burrow cousins, uh, Wentz, Javante, Brees, Mixon, Ew, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Devo, Samuel, Elijah Moore, Sky Moore, Brandon Cooks, uh, Wandale, you know, Christian Kirk, a bunch of other guys there. TJ Hawkinson at tight end. All of his picks in all of the next three drafts. So um, his team won the championship, and he was looking to retool since he had a lot of older running backs, basically looking for advice on how to approach this next season and if there's any more uh, moves he needs to make. Yeah, so uh, I would agree. Uh, you might need a slight retool here, given uh, like specifically the depth at wide receiver passes. You know, I honestly don't think he needs to retool at all. I would probably try and run it back with this team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a solid team. Like, uh, again, if you think of your starting lineup, you're going to have Burrow and Cousins as your top two quarterbacks. You're going to have sure. Mixon and Javante as your top uh, two running backs. Maybe Brees. I, I don't really know how he's going to work out this year, but. Um, from a redraft perspective, you got Debo and Brandon Cooks as your top two like redraft wide receivers with Elijah Moore, Sky Moore, all those other dudes. Uh, and then TJ Hawkinson is your main tight end. I think you can very easily compete with that team. And he has all of his picks to help him replenish some talent as well. So I wouldn't do anything hasty yet. I, I, I don't think necessarily. So yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to do anything hasty. Um, but, you know, if you get to midseason, you're like three and five and you want to sell Mixon at that point. I, I don't mind doing it then or seeing, you know, obviously what he can get on the open market now. 
He also uh, sent an explicit message basically that just said like the one move I, I know for sure I want to make is selling Mixon. So uh, in terms of a potential, you know, say you're not in on Mixon, say you're scared about Mixon, which I mean, like if you're following FSE, you've probably, you know, developed that by now, which I mean, I, I, I could see. Maybe you transition him into Barkley Plus. Maybe you transition him into ETM Plus. Given his market value he currently goes in about the three, four round area. Those would be like simple transitions that I would look for if you were looking to move on uh, from Mixon. You might be able to get, you know, Barkley in a 2023 20, second for Mixon. I, I'd be more than comfortable doing that type of deal. Yeah, if you can, if you could transition this into like ETN and a Monra or something like that, then yeah, obviously that'd be a, a, a great move that I'd be looking to do. And you could even, you know, throw a third back as a way to balance it out if you want it or something like that. So yeah, I would, uh, I would say gauge the market on Mixon, but overall I don't see anything like, you know, that stands out as far as that. Uh, type of move obviously it's not ideal that you have Wentz as your QB3 Sam Howell behind him it's not like the greatest QB3 situation in the world but um, you still have your first next year there's there's a good chance that you can address I think that the quarterback class next year um, will end up being good in the mid rounds if that makes any sense like I don't think we're necessarily talking you know Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are the 101 and 102 in drafts next year I think Bryce Young CJ Stroud maybe Tyler Van Dyke another quarterback work their way to the point that there's like four quarterbacks that go in the first round of of uh of dynasty superflex rookie drafts and wherever your pick ends up being you might have a chance at like a van dyke or will levis or something like that yeah which would be a very good spot for you so overall uh you know keep at it this team's in a good position uh i wouldn't overhaul too much and again like you have flexibility to make a transition maybe your team gets off to a slow start you know maybe you can sell high in a couple of your prime prime assets like Debo is going to go out there and have a phenomenal start to the year because Debo Samuel is a phenomenal football player. If, you know, for whatever reason, the rest of your team's not holding your weight and you can maybe transition Debo into future capital, 2023 or 2024 capital, something like that, you can look to do that. Obviously, you know, a couple of those running backs can get off to super, super hot starts and you want to make a transition. You have a lot of flexibility to be able to do that. But ultimately, I would just kind of see and gauge how this team starts off the season. Yeah, exactly. So, if you guys made it to the end of the video, obviously comment down below that we hate running backs. We might have to yeah. get like a t-shirt made or something like that. Like just say <laughs> no to running backs or something like that. Either way, we will have merchandise coming soon. That is uh, on the back burner for us. We're working with a uh, designer to help us uh, get that stuff going. So if that interests you, you know, stay tuned for that. Uh, check out the Patreon. Obviously, if you guys want uh, to be on future Dynasty Decisions episodes, the quickest way you can get on, skip the line, become a patron, uh, become a patron over patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange. I almost fucked that up. I usually do. Um, and then hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below, subscribe to the channel. If you enjoyed this video and you enjoy our content in general, I think we are, you know, 150 subs away from, uh, uh 11,000 right now. So definitely appreciate all the support you guys have provided for this series. 45 episodes in right now. We're, uh, we're closing in on episode 50. We might have to do something cool for that. Um, but either way, appreciate you guys. Peace out. We'll talk to you soon.